Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Queen of Calm podcast. I'm your host, Paisley Haddad. Happy Friday, everyone. We've never been together on a Friday for the podcast, but I'm grateful to be here. Um, And I had to share two new episodes with you this week because last week we missed an episode, so I owed you one. But also because I just have so many great insights to share from my two guests, all about, you know, that postgraduate process. On Monday, you heard from my guest, Meg Treat, and she talked all about, you know, believing in yourself as you go for that first job and really going after those opportunities that excite you. You know, she built her whole agency that she runs herself on her passions and what she really liked to do while also using that communications degree to the fullest extent. She also, you know, teaches at her alma mater, Purdue, um, and she just is a great mentor for, you know, younger students. Um, So that was really great to hear about her journey in PR. And so I think it's very valuable to listen to and something that I've been saying a lot lately, but I just want to remind all of you on here is that, you know, you have value, whatever job that you you know, join in PR, you bring so much value to the table, especially nowadays with our generation, you know, we have so many more resources available to us, digital resources, internships have become more in depth through the pandemic, because we were able to work anywhere because of virtual, so many more opportunities opened up. So you truly bring value to the table. And don't be afraid to show your skills, talk yourself up on interviews, because it truly, you know, is a testament to the hard work that you do. So I just want to tell you all that. But speaking of my guest today, Today, you're all going to love hearing what she has to say as well, because not only does she have a really cool career journey getting involved in talent acquisition in PR, but also she's going to bring the perspective of what the agency looks for when, you know, there's jobs to be filled. So having that perspective, I think, is so valuable because as you're looking for jobs so many times, I mean, we've talked about on the show a lot of times you know, what the candidate should be preparing and, you know, how the candidate can do this, this and this rather than, you know, what is the agency looking for in a candidate? What should the agency, you know, be looking for on resumes and cover letters and how to understand, you know, how the agency life works in perspective of, you know, finding a job. So I think that our conversation is totally relevant to everyone who's looking for a job right now. And even myself who has a job in PR, I was so fascinated to hear what she had to say. So stay tuned for the interview. My next guest is the Senior Vice President of Talent Acquisition at Rubenstein and is also an active member of PRSA, serving in multiple roles within the PRSA Tri-State and New York chapters. She is also a regular contributor to PRSA's Strategies and Tactics newspaper with her column, Hire and Seek. Please welcome Christina Stokes to the podcast. Welcome, Christina. So excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you. So why don't we get started with how you first got into PR recruiting? So I started my career post cake decorator and barista, but that's a story for another day (laughs) in, in casting, which turned into a transition into corporate recruiting. And I kind of made my way through local staffing agencies, being mentored by the likes of Erica Weinstein, Brian Pfeiffer. Um, Those are some big names in the space. And they really taught me about, um, recruitment in public relations, everything under the communications umbrella too. So um, I did staffing for a variety of PR agencies from the outside when I realized I would probably be more fulfilled in a place where I could really become part of a person's journey after the hire and also work more closely with an organization from the inside to shape what they're doing through the people. So I went to MWWPR, known as Mike Worldwide now. And currently, as you said, I'm leading talent acquisition with Rubenstein. I'm about to hit five years there. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. 
So I love getting the Strategies and Tactics newspaper in the mail. It's so exciting to read through all the different articles. And so I love reading your column as well, because it always has such current things going on in that hiring world within the PR industry. So can you talk about your column and for listeners, some of those topics that you talk about within that? Yeah, for sure. So I've been writing the monthly column for ST. It's called Hire and Seek. And uh, I started writing for them in January 2019. Um, I approach my articles from both sides of the desk. So the people that are looking for work and the organizations that are doing the hiring. And I offer tips and guidance mostly um, and insights into the interview process. So I've written <clears throat> things that are evergreen, you know, um, tips about resumes and cover letters and interview questions and that sort of thing, but also things that are a little more timely um, regarding the great resignation and what things are like for candidates right now in the current climate and that sort of thing. Um, but I, I love it. I love writing those articles and it really helps me to kind of look at what I'm experiencing and what I know from my peers in the space too. So sometimes what I write is PR industry specific, but I think more often than not, it's a little general for any kind of industry that you might be in. Yes, definitely. And so you touched on, you know, that current space we're in right now with all these different changes and the great resignation. So definitely that hiring process for agencies has changed, you know, because of the pandemic. So from a recruiting standpoint, what are agencies looking for in an ideal candidate? <laughs> Purple unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. On a serious <laughs> note, um, I think the best candidates today for any level of hiring, I do all levels of hiring. So recent graduates, all the way through people, um, you know, in the later part of their career. Um, I think the best candidates across the board are the ones that are still adaptable, curious, and ready to work hard. I mean, tactically, you always need to be a great writer and researcher, always, with the ability to counsel clients, to work with your peers at all levels, to move through diverse populations and reach out to diverse audiences. Those are things that always stand out. Um, you have to have great relationships with the media. You need to be very well-read. Um, and also, it just really helps to be up to date on all digital trends and tools. Everything is integrated now. Um, a publicity person is never just writing press releases and pitching media. There are so many other factors involved. So you have to be well-rounded. Definitely. And so going off of that, I know there's always been such a debate on resumes and cover letters. Everyone has a different preference on what they would like to see. And, you know, in college, we'd have guest speakers come and they'd say, you know, put your picture on the resume and then the next person would say, don't. So from your, <laughs> from your perspective, what would you like to see in a resume or a cover letter from a potential candidate? So I just always want to see a clear story. I, I want to know the truth. I want to be able to look at your materials see where you studied, figure out what you did at work and get a sense of what drives you, what you're passionate about. It's hard to capture all of that into one or two pages and it depends on what point in your career you're at for sure. But I need it to be clear. I needed to capture the necessary details, just enough for me to, to look <laughs> at it and say, yes, I see how this person could align with the role they've applied for. Or maybe they're a good fit for something else I'm working on too. So, you know, your resume is, very clear. I don't think pictures on resumes are necessary. And in, in fact, I, I think, um, you know, in, in the, in the goal of trying to avoid biases and that sort of thing, I think the more blind a resume can be in some ways, the better, um, when you're dealing with, with, uh, hiring managers and interviewing teams, 
um, pictures on LinkedIn, that's, that's another topic. I think that's important. But um, I love to just get a sense of somebody from their materials. I think the resume should capture the things that you do and what you've done and what you're looking for. And the cover letter can be a bit more personal and less formal, but also does not need to be a thesis. <laughs> Yes, I definitely agree with all that. I feel like that's your chance for your first impression. You know, when you're being put on someone's desk, like you want to stand out from all the different, you know, resumes that they're reading throughout that day. Right, exactly. Which is difficult to do. And you, everyone hears the stats. I say it all the time. A recruiter will look at your resume for six seconds before deciding (laughs) if they're going to keep reading. So make sure it's very easy to read (laughs) and everything is laid out the right way. (laughs) Have someone else look at your resume before putting it out there. It's always good to have more than one set of eyes on your product. Yes. And speaking of, you know, standing out from, you know, other candidates. So definitely in the PR, um, you know, industry, things are pretty competitive. Like there's, you know, a lot of positions out there and different agencies. So what can a candidate in the PR industry do to stand out in that job search process? It's still a candidate's market right now, for sure. Um, And I I wrote about that recently too, in the beginning of the year. There are more open roles right now across PR than there are qualified and interested candidates to fill them. Um, That makes my role right now more challenging than than ever, than it ever has been. Um, But it puts the job seeker in a great place to be directly poached instead of having to actively apply in many cases, especially if you're currently working. Those people always tend to be, you know, more in demand. That's always the way it is. But um, I always recommend that people keep their LinkedIn up to date, have a social media presence that's interesting and paints a good picture of you and network constantly. You should, depending on where you are in your career, you should be reaching out to former professors, people you studied with, people who mentored you, your former bosses and supervisors and peers at internships, all of those people are your network and you really have to tap that. And that will absolutely help you in your job, job search. Yes, that, that networking factor is so important. And I love LinkedIn. I feel like it's such like a good like corporate Facebook to see what everyone's working on. And then people, yes. you know, I think since the pandemic started and, you know, have been working from home and trying to get those connections with their, you know, fellow employees or also, you know, prospective employers, they're putting more personal things on there. You mm-hmm. see like pictures of people's kids doing great things. Like, look at this. It's so great to get that perspective. And it's a great way to bridge a connection, you know, with someone you work with. So Mm -hmm. I've always wondered this from a recruiting standpoint, when recruiters are going through LinkedIn, looking to reach out to candidates, what makes them click on a LinkedIn profile? (laughs) I think uh, we were, we were just touching on this a second ago. Um, What will make me click on someone's LinkedIn profile? Usually I'm running a search for something very specific, keywords, um, someone who has a certain type of experience or specializes in a certain kind of PR, but what will make me click on someone in the list first is having an approachable professional headshot and headline for sure. Um, That'll be that first draw. That's the clickbait for me. And then when I open someone's page, I like to see much more than just a regurgitation of someone's resume, especially from PR professionals. I think innate storytellers should be able to tell their own story. Not everybody's good at self-advertising for sure, but I I don't just want to see the exact same thing on your resume. I want to see what articles you're sharing, what organizations you're volunteering with, what recommendations you've received or given, who you're networked with. I want to know 
who someone is, you know, at, at least as much as I can from that alone. Uh, my LinkedIn profile is crazy, but I've had it since 2006 <laughs> or something like that. So I have 15,000 connections and a hundred recommendations. I just, I'm very, very active and into LinkedIn, um, but it can be such a great tool. And like you said, it is like the, the corporate professional Facebook. So um, I like that the lines are blurred a little bit now and that you'll see more of someone's personal life and how it's, it's starting to, um, you know, touch the professional life too, especially now, like you are in my bedroom (laughs) where I have been working remotely for the past two years. So everything's different now. Yes, definitely. And I just love LinkedIn because it is so customizable. You can add, you know, different links. And, you know, if you have this great portfolio that you want to share, that can be at the top of your, you know, LinkedIn Mm -hmm. profile. And I think that people are more open to seeing those, you know, fun profiles nowadays too. Like I think in the past it might've been, oh, everything has to be so professional. Like you can't use like a fun, like star or something, you know, as one of your little things. But I think people are more open to creativity on LinkedIn as well as it's been evolving. I love to see that. It gives you just a little bit of insight into who someone is and not just what they can do, but what it'll be like to work with them. Yes, definitely. And so, you know, after a recruiter clicks on the profile and you go through the interview process, I know there's another debate of that thank you email after an interview. So what is the ideal etiquette for a thank you email after an interview? I think it depends. <laughs> um, most thank you notes, and and I do want to say first, you know, you should send a thank you note at every stage of the process. If you're just speaking to the recruiter first, send them a thank you note. If you're speaking to an external recruiter that's about to introduce you to somebody, send them a thank you note. After you interview with the person they introduced you to, thank them again because they set that up for you. You just be gracious. I think that goes a long way. But thank you notes themselves can be simple always address the person you met with, thank them for their time. I think it's important to refer back to something from the conversation that stood out to you. Um, Ask a question if you have one and just close it by expressing that you're looking forward to next steps or uh, that you can be reached for additional questions at their convenience and just be available, be personable um, and professional, of course. Um, You know, keep the emojis out of it (laughs) in your initial thank you note. But you can keep it very simple, but always refer back to that conversation you had. I think um, in this market, you have to be careful with just that copy paste and use the same thing with everybody. Not everybody is the same. And if you're interviewing with multiple people in a company, they're probably sharing your notes during their discussion. So you want to have a unique bit of feedback in your thank you note for everyone that you're talking to. Yeah, I totally agree on that. I mean, everyone nowadays is looking for, I mean, I think always, but I think more than ever, we're looking for that connection that we missed out on. And so to have that personal touch just goes such a long way. And even to, you know, prop yourself back to the top of someone's email inbox, because I know there's a lot of emails that come through. Um, So those are some great tips that you shared on the email etiquette as well. Um, And so we touched on the portfolio earlier a bit, but, you know, with so many candidates coming through and, you know, there's so many things that you can put in your portfolio what do you think are the essential things that a PR professional looking to get into a new career should have in their portfolio? Writing samples. Absolutely. I'm going to ask for them anyway. If you already have (laughs) them in your portfolio, that's wonderful. I want to see what you can do and what you've done that makes you proud, right? Um, So I like to see uh, press releases or maybe a media advisory or something. It could be something you wrote in school, in class, in a capstone that you were really proud of or that got some attention 
put that on there. Um, when you're a little further along, news hits you've secured, that sort of thing. Um, but again, work that you're proud of, content that speaks to your strengths, your interests, your experience. It's all your story. So it's just a portfolio is another medium for you to continue to tell that story of who you are and who you are professionally and what you can do. So pick the stuff that reflects your capabilities. Yes. And I'm glad you brought up that point of, you know, things you worked on in class. So for listeners, I've talked with a guest before about like getting involved in like, if you're in, in interested in like journalism, getting involved in the newspaper to get those, you know, writing credits or mm -hmm. even PR, like there's so many things that you work on in class that even if you weren't happy with it the first time, you can fix it up and, you know, add it to your portfolio. There's so many ways to get involved and get that experience while in college. And so listeners, don't be afraid to, you know, join all these different clubs, like clubs or organizations like PRSSA or different things like that, that could help you get that experience on your portfolio. Mm -hmm. And so I also wanted to ask, you know, so going back on the interview theme as well. Um, so there's always that point of, you know, what should I ask at the end of an interview? So what do you think is like an ideal type of question that you should ask at the end of an interview? That's a good question. I think you can always ask about a company's culture or what you can expect next in the process. I think those are the things that we most typically hear that I always hear at the, at the very end, but one thing I think could be really helpful so that you're looking at every interview as a learning experience too, is to ask, is there anything else you'd like me to share about myself or my qualifications and leave it open-ended that way? Or, and this is for the brave at heart, is there, <laughs> is there anything about my candidacy that gives you pause, which I might be able to elaborate on further? I mean, remember you are your own best advocate. So get that feedback. Right. If there's something on their resume or something that you said or, or something like that, that might have the interviewer go oh, worry them about something. This is a great. Why not have this opportunity to elaborate on that further? So you kind of open that window for the interviewer to be a little more comfortable probing with you further. That, that is such a good question. Yeah, I like that. So you can be able to fix it because there can be some times where, mm -hmm. you know, things that you say in an interview, you're nervous, you have that adrenaline running, you may say something wrong and then be able to, you know, correct that and, you know, have that better on your, you know, your application. Right. And in the next conversations that you have, I think every interview you have, you become more comfortable, more fluid in talking about yourself. You come up with better ways to answer questions that you're being asked. So use it, use everything as a learning experience, even in those conversations that can be scary. I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so we're coming up on college graduation season. So I know a lot of college students are going to be graduating and even some class of 2021 graduates may still be on the job search. So what is your advice for those students who are joining the job search? What should they be aware of as they start that? I think everyone should really just make sure you try to find internships that give you real world experience. Um, PR classes are so incredibly in depth now and give so much great experience. And many of them are being taught by practitioners. So you really get a feel for it, but there's nothing like learning by doing. So if you can get that real world experience and internships leading up to graduation or even the summer right after, do it. Take on the internship, get the practice, agency side, in-house, um, either or, just learn your craft, practice your writing, read everything. <laughs> the learning will never stop, especially in that first job after graduation. So you want to keep that brain open and absorb everything. Be a sponge forever, right? Um, 
and make sure also that you're tapping into the resources that you have at hand. So work with your university's career center, reach out to professional organizations. You mentioned the PRSSA before. If you're a member while you're in school, fantastic. Reach out to the PRSA and join up after graduation too. The, the networking opportunities and learning opportunities are incredible. Um, look at ColorCom, look at the Center for Communication and just be active in those communities because you are now part of that community. You have graduated. Um, attend networking events, if they're virtual or otherwise, just go out there and reach out, like I said before, reach out to the people you know, and even those that you want to know. Um, many people are open to getting an unsolicited message from a recent <laughs> graduate and having a, an in-person or a virtual coffee, depending on where you are in your comfort level, of course, um, and having a conversation with someone that's just getting started. There are plenty of people open to that. So just put your feelers out there. I think that's the best thing to do when you're just kicking off your job search. Yes, that's so true. I know from, you know, doing this podcast, like reaching out to so many people blindly, so many people are willing to help and, you know, lend 20 minutes or 30 minutes to share their experiences and how they can help you. And going back to that PRSA too, from joining that after graduation, I feel like I've had so many opportunities for networking, going to different right. webinars, and even, you know, getting those experiences from those webinars and saying like, hey, I would just, you know, in this event talking about this certain subject like i saw on your profile that you shared this you know article and open a conversation that way and so i really love those tips that you just shared yeah and and also if you're attending these these webinars and everything else if you don't have the chance to talk to somebody in person after they step off the stage reach out to them and connect with them on linkedin you know share with them something that really resonated with you during the conversation follow them on social media this is this is your professional network from this point on so you you have to you have to nurture it. Yes, definitely. And, and that relationship making will also help you in your PR career, you know, working with journalists and building that relation, those relationships definitely too. Completely. Um, but Christina, I have one final question for you. And it's one that I asked to all my guests. So I do this segment at the end of every one of my episodes, because I am such a big fan of Sophia Amoruso, and she came up with the phrase girl boss. So I love to end the episode shouting out a woman who inspires my guest. Um, who is doing great things just so we end on a high note um so christina who is your favorite girl boss that's a loaded question okay i'm gonna i'm gonna give <laughs> and it, it can't be you. it can't be more than one we've had that before <laughs> more than one it can't be more than one no it, I, it can it can okay yes. all right so this is what i'm gonna say my mother of course and one day my six-year-old daughter surely will be um <laughs> but also i like you mentioned earlier i've been a, a member of the board of directors with prsa's new york chapter this year and through that volunteer work i've been working closely with so many incredible women in this field and and it's just been outstanding. Sabrina Brown, Rashida Timothy, Carly Mednick, Ceci Serrato, Faye Shapiro, that's just to name a few. And the, the PR industry is amazing. It's full of so many powerful, talented, intelligent women. And I'm just, I'm straight up just honored to call them colleagues and friends. So I have a lot of girl bosses that I love. <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah, our industry has so many strong women you know, out there representing for us. And I feel like there are so many great you know, role models in our industry to learn from and, you know, see what they're doing and then replicate that in your own career. So thank you so much for sharing those women. And I know some of them from LinkedIn, but anyone, <laughs> any of them who I'm not connected with, I'm going to go connect with them after this, because I say this in every single episode, but I love this question because I get to learn about these women I've never heard of and, you know, shout mm -hmm. their name out there and maybe other people will go look them up. So thank you so much for sharing that, Christina. And thank you so much for coming on the show. I think this is so helpful to any of my listeners who are recent graduates or college students, you know, hopping on that job search journey. So thank you so much. 
Uh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Did you enjoy this episode? Head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Want to drop us a line? Click the link in our Instagram bio to leave us a voicemail. And who knows, it might even end up on the show. See you next week for more tips and tricks of the trade.